a psalm of life. That's what our teacher, Dr. J. Vernon McGee, calls Psalm 91, and we'll begin there today as we continue our five-year journey through God's entire Word. Welcome to Through the Bible. I'm Steve Schwetz, inviting you to fasten your seatbelt as we travel through the next nine psalms at a fairly quick pace. So find your seat, and I want to share a couple of letters from our fellow passengers on the Bible bus. First, we hear from a listener, this one in our Turkish language programs, and he writes, I found you one morning by accident. Later, I started to listen regularly. I'm in prison. I killed my wife and a man because they deceived me. I will stay in prison a long time. After killing my wife, I regretted it, but it was not possible to undo it. I did it in anger, but later there was no relief. Instead, I was filled with guilt. I considered killing myself. I never thought that there is a pardon for what I did. But after listening to your programs, I found hope again. I started to pray every day. It is like a new beginning for me. I'm inside four walls, and maybe I won't come out of there, but my soul finds rest in God. I feel free. I know that sounds ridiculous, but it's the truth. Thank you for introducing me to God's Word and through it, the Lord Jesus Christ. Man, that is a story that you have to pause after and just thank God for His mercy and grace in that man's life. He saved this man, and then He gave him a new life. It's amazing. Next, we got an email. This is from a listener who joins us in Arabic. I've learned so much through your program. I've come to know Jesus Christ through it. I am so thankful for these messages that carried me through my new faith until I can stand firm on my feet. Your Bible teaching is my only source of nourishment. I cannot go to church because we have no church in my country. I'm thankful that I know the Word of God because of your efforts and your ministry. I am so sure that through your program, many are coming to know who Jesus is and what he has done to save humanity. I cannot thank you enough. Please pray for me. Well, this week, our World Prayer Team is traveling on our knees, praying for listeners like these and millions of others all over the world. And if you want to be a part of that important team, you can receive our daily email with prayer prompts and stories of praise. You can sign up. It's easy. Just go to ttb.org forward slash pray. Now let's pray. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your word that gives us life and hope. And as we study today, Lord, we ask that you would strengthen our faith and that you'd help us to see Jesus in the Psalms. It's in his precious name we pray. Amen. Here's Dr. J. Vernon McGee with our study of Psalm 91 through 99 on Through the Bible. Now, friends, I come today to the 91st Psalm. And last time we saw the 90th Psalm when we were finishing. And that began this new section, which is the number section in the Pentateuch of the Psalms that correspond to the Pentateuch of Moses. And here we began with a prayer of Moses, and we saw it was a psalm of death. Moses out there in the wilderness. You can see him day after day having to pause on the wilderness march to bury someone. And he got a perspective of life that many of us do not get even today. Then Psalm 91 is a psalm of life. And it's a messianic psalm, and it reveals a wonderful place of protection and of security today. It has a meaning for us, but it is a picture also of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this is one psalm that is very popular, and God's people of all ages, when I mean of all ages, I mean that in two ways. I mean young and old, and I mean those from the past down to the present have been greatly blessed by this 91st Psalm. 
And the 90th Psalm actually was a picture of the first man, Adam. In Adam all die. That's the Psalm of death. But this second Psalm is the Lord from heaven. And it's truly a messianic Psalm. It's a Psalm of life. And this is a Psalm that's quoted by Satan. I've almost preached a sermon one time on this Psalm. I didn't do it, but I intended to. Never got around to it. And I had a subject, and my subject was the psalm that Satan reads. Here's a psalm, and he knows. We'll see that when we get to it. Now we are told here, He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall tempt under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of Jehovah, He's my refuge and my fortress. My God, in him will I trust. That's lovely, is it not? That's lovely language. And this one is depicted for us here, the same one who was the blessed man in the first psalm. The Lord Jesus Christ, the perfect man, the holy man, the sinless man. And he always dwells in the secret place of the Most High. The problem with me is I get there sometime, but I stay there very much like I stay in motels. I'm just there for a night or two at a time. Now, will you notice as we move into this psalm, it says, He shall surely deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the pestilence which destroys. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and under his wings shalt thou find refuge. His truth shall be shield and buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flieth by day. I had a young man that was in the service during the war, and he took that as his verse. And the Lord brought him through. He felt on the basis of that verse. Then another young man took one down below here. And I read this, Nor for the pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor for the destruction that wasteth at noonday. And this is the one he took. He was in the Air Corps in the Navy, and he retired as a commander, very fine young man. And he's not so young right now, but this was his verse. A thousand shall fall by thy side, ten thousand at thy right hand. It shall not come nigh thee, only with thine eyes shalt thou behold and see the reward of the wicked. I think these verses here have been used by God's people in many, many times, and God has made it real to them. But it's a picture of our Lord. Now, I want to give you the statement of Dr. A.C. Gabeline, a great Bible teacher over the past generation. He has this to say of this passage. Let us think of himself first of all. There was no sin in him. And that which is the result of sin, disease and death, had no claim on him. In every way, he was the perfect man. And because he trusted in God his Father, walked in perfect obedience, the great foulest Satan could not catch him, nor the pestilence of destruction. Covered by his feathers, under his wings, the perfect man on earth found his constant refuge. He knew no fear. That which befell others could never come nigh unto him. 
and his own follow him in the life of trust and obedience, claiming also preservation and protection. And I pause to intrude with this. I think these young men who took verses out of this psalm had a perfect right to do it, by the way. And God made it real in their lives. Listen to this. Yet how true it is, our body is dead on account of sin. Fanaticism may claim all these statements as having an absolute meaning for the trusting child of God. Experience teaches often the opposite. Because we are the failing and erring creatures of the dust, we need discipline and have to pass through the tests of faith. Yet in it all a believer can be in perfect peace, knowing that all is well. Though he slay me, yet will I trust, is the summit of free faith and true faith and confidence in God. This is quite a wonderful statement, is it not? Now I pick up the reading here again in verse 9. Because thou hast made Jehovah my refuge, even the most high thy habitation, there shall no evil befall thee, neither shall any plague come near thy tent. That's a picture of him, you see. For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. Now, I want you to look at that for a moment, because that's the passage that Satan quoted. And the interesting thing is, Satan knew this psalm applied to the Lord Jesus, as well as the Lord Jesus did. He knew something a lot of theology professors don't know today. And will you notice this again? For he shall give his angels charge over thee. Now, I'm not going to take time to turn to it, but if you turn to the quotation that you have in the New Testament of this, when Satan quoted it to the Lord in his temptation in the wilderness, he left out this next clause, to keep thee in all thy ways. You see, he left that out. And someone has said the devil can quote Scripture for his purpose. Well, I don't think he can. He can misquote it. And he did that here. For he shall give his angels charge over thee. Yes, that's right. To keep thee in all thy ways. The Lord Jesus said, I've come to do the Father's will. And that meant to walk in his way. He'd be stepping out of the will of God if he had attempted to make the stones into bread or if he had accepted the kingdoms of the world from Satan or if he'd cast himself down from the pinnacle of the temple. All of that, why, he'd been out of the way of God, and he'll keep thee in all thy ways. And verse 12, they shall bear thee up in their hands, lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. All of this. Now he has two becauses here. You'll notice verse 14, because he hath set his love upon me. And these are two very important becauses we have here. And because he hath set his love upon me, because he hath known my name, I'll deliver him, I'll set him on high. You see, the perfect man went into the jaws of death, and he went down into the lowest parts of the earth, which mean death in the grave. And deliverance came on the third day when God raised him from the dead and gave him glory. And he says, I'll set him on high. What a picture that we have here in this psalm. Now we come to the 92nd psalm. 
And when we come to this psalm, we find it has an inscription here, a psalm or song for the Sabbath day. And we find here this is a time of praise. And it naturally follows that messianic psalm. But you find out when you come here for a time of praise and worship and adoration, that's what the Sabbath was given for. But wait just a minute. The worship here is connected with an earthly sanctuary. And it actually is looking forward to the day back in Jerusalem when there'll be an earthly sanctuary again. And his redeemed people are going to worship there. Now, the worship of believers today is just a little bit different. The time has now come when true worshipers worship God neither in the mountain of Samaria or yonder in Jerusalem. We are today to worship the Father and the Son in spirit and in truth. We are made into a kingdom of priests unto God to serve him, not in an earthly sanctuary, but to worship him in spirit and in truth. And so it opens on this glorious note. It is a good thing to give thanks unto the Lord. You want to do a good thing today? Do you a good turn? All right, give thanks unto the Lord right now. Wherever you are, just give thanks to the Lord. And uh, sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and thy faithfulness every night. You can thank him in the morning. I always thank him in the morning. I must confess, I forget sometimes at night. But in the morning, I always thank him for a new day. His loving kindness has brought me to a new day. But when you go to bed at night, the thing that you can thank him for is his faithfulness. He brought you through the day. And I think it's quite an undertaking to bring Vernon McGee through any day. It's wonderful to have a God that will do that. This is a glorious, wonderful psalm. Now it mentions down here, verse 6, a brutish man knoweth not. Or the new Schofield puts it, a stupid man knoweth not. Neither doth a fool understand this. That's all right. I think that's very good. And in this psalm of praise, which I think is a millennial psalm, and it looks forward to the future, time of worshiping again on the Sabbath day. I don't worship on the Sabbath day. I worship on the first day of the week. My Lord was dead on the Sabbath day, but he came back from the dead on the first day of the week. And we remember that. Now, will you notice that we have here the Most High. That's a millennial name for God, by the way. And this is a great millennial psalm that we're in. Now it looks back in retrospect to earthly condition. When? Well, to man down here, the man we saw in the 90th psalm. Man is brutish. Scripture says he doesn't walk upright. He thinks he does, but doesn't. And he doesn't walk and look up to God. He looks down and he grovels in the filth of sin. He's a fool. He lacks good sense. He cannot understand because God says the foolish heart is darkened. And this brutish man, he denies God. And he lives like a brute. He lives like an animal. Lives like a pig, by the way. Many live just like that. As if God does not exist. Just eat and grunt and sleep and rest 
and work, and that's it. That's life for them. What a beautiful picture, though, that we have brought before us when we get to verse 11. Mine eyes shall witness as to mine enemies. Mine heart shall hear about the wicked that rise up against me. The righteous shall flourish like the palm tree. Well, now, that's interesting. He shall grow like a cedar of Lebanon. Now, the palm tree has been an emblem of victory, and the cedar tree denotes strength and seriousness. That's a picture of the righteous that are walking in fellowship with God, I think, even today. Now, when we come to the 93rd Psalm, it's a very brief psalm you will notice here. It's a little psalm that's tucked in here, just five verses. And here the Lord has come to his glorious reign over the earth. And who is it? Jehovah reigneth. That's the Lord Jesus. He's clothed with majesty. Jehovah's clothed. He hath girded himself with strength. This is a psalm that really have meaning when he comes to reign on this earth. And the rebellion and opposition will be broken down and be over with. And all that opposed God has been dethroned on the earth. Listen as you move down in this little psalm here. The floods have lifted up, O Lord. The floods have lifted up their voice. The floods lift up their waves. The flood tide of sin is over now. And Satan, his head has been crushed. And the Lord on high is mightier than the noise of many waters. Yea, the mighty waves of the sea, thy testimonies are very sure, holiness becometh thine house. Now we come to the 94th Psalm here. And from Psalm 94 to 100, we have another little series of Psalms that tell out a consecutive story and goes from Psalm 94 to Psalm 100. And it's a prophetic section altogether. They are glorious millennial psalms, and they reveal the revelation of the Lord Jesus Christ in his reign down here upon this earth. And it follows that time of Jacob's trouble and all of the trouble that came to man on the earth during that period. It's a glorious picture of the future. Now, in this section, I'm just going to lift out just a few things that are here. And again, you have it as it opens like this. O Lord God, to whom vengeance belongeth. O God, to whom vengeance belongeth. Show thyself. Shine forth, as it were. Shine forth, O God. And a great many today saying, Oh, if the Lord would only come. Well, he's coming, friend, but he's coming on his schedule, not on my schedule or the schedule of any man down here. Then when he comes, he'll take care of all of these things that he's told you and me to walk in faith, holding his hand today, and he says, Vengeance is mine. I will repay, saith the Lord. I'm going to take care of this. This is his coming to straighten out everything on earth. Now, a lot of things to be straightened out. And he's coming in great power and great glory to this earth. Now he says, in the meantime, avenge not yourselves. Trust him. Turn these matters over to him. And he's coming. And again, we have a reference here. Verse 8, to the brutish are the stupid. Understand ye stupid among the people. And ye fools, when will ye be wise? And he says here, 
He who planted the ear, shall he not hear? Now, God's the Spirit. He doesn't have an ear like I have, but he hears. And he doesn't have an eye like I have, but God sees. The sinner down here, for some reason, thinks he's getting by with it. God hears. God sees. And he's able to keep a record. And you're coming up for judgment. There are not but two places for your sins. Either your sins are on Christ or they're on you. Now, if they're on Christ, the judgment is passed. Passed from judgment to life. There's a glorious prospect ahead. But my friend, if you haven't come to Christ, you're yet to come up for judgment. And God sees this. And the psalmist can say here in verse 18, When I said my foot slippeth, thy mercy, O Lord, help me up. David said, I would have slipped up, but God helped me up. Then in the 95th Psalm, we have here just a delightful hymn of praise. Oh, come, let us sing unto the Lord. Let us make a joyful noise to the rock of our salvation. And then in Psalm 96, and again, you have here another wonderful psalm of praise. When the Lord Jehovah, which is the Lord Jesus Christ, shall reign over the whole earth. And these are singing psalms. I think all of them are for that matter, but these, I think, especially were singing psalms that we have here. And 96, O sing unto the Lord a new song. Sing unto the Lord all the earth. Now, we've already seen about that new song. They're going to sing that in heaven. It's a song of redemption. Now, the new song here is a song that the prophets mentioned that it was coming. Book of Revelation says they're going to sing it. It's a time when a new song will be sung. The prophets said... The day will come when they'll sing it. I think these are the psalms they'll be singing at that time. Now, in this 96th psalm, you have idolatry mentioned. And that in verse 4, and let me just lift that out. I don't want to spend too much time here. Verse 4, For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. He's to be feared above all gods, for all the gods of the nations are idols. But the Lord made the heaven. Idolatrous mentioned here because in the millennium, that'll end all of it. Men who think themselves wise today, turning to all kinds of religions. May I say to you, that will be a day when atheism, deism, polytheism, pantheism, and all the cults will be done away with. And we're to give unto Jehovah all families of the peoples Give unto Jehovah glory and strength. That's verse 7. Oh, how wonderful this is. And then we have here another very wonderful psalm, and it's a call to sing again. How wonderful. Oh, sing unto the Lord a new song. He's done marvelous things. And then Psalm 99, The Lord reigneth, let the peoples tremble. This Another great song of praise. And he is the mighty one. My friend, if you haven't got in the habit of praising our God, you better get in the habit. If you go into heaven, you better tune up because you're going to spend a lot of time praising him there. And since we'll be doing that, the place to tune up is down here. 
Later on, we'll come to a psalm that says, The Lord is good. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. And this looks to the future when they're going to praise him here on earth during the millennium. It's not the millennium yet, but there's no reason in the world why you and I should not praise him today and say how wonderful our God is. And you know why we should say it? Because he is wonderful and he's good and he's faithful and his loving kindness endureth. He's always going to be good to me. He's always going to be good to you, friends. Doesn't that do something for you? Until next time, may God richly bless you, my beloved. He is wonderful. He is good. He is faithful. May these words linger with you today. If you've got questions about this ministry, or if you'd like help finding a particular resource, you can call 1-800-65-BIBLE or visit the resources section of ttb.org. Next time, we'll look at three psalms that will put joy in your heart. I hope that you'll hop aboard the Bible bus and join us. I'm Steve Schwetz, and I'll be here saving a seat just for you. Through the Bible exists to take God's whole word to the whole world. And we invite you to stand with us with your faithful prayer and financial support. Where will God's word go today?